welcome to the New York Rangers podcast in partnership with Inside the Rink. I'm your host, Jacob Berkowitz, and today we're going to have the Jets Central podcast on to talk about the Andrew Kopp deal. We're going to talk about everything there is about Andrew Kopp, his positives, his negatives, what, you know, he'll contribute to the New York Rangers. Is it possible for the Rangers to re-sign him? And a bit more. But first, a quick word from our show sponsor, and then we'll get right to it. And now a quick word from our show sponsor and friends of Inside the Rink, BetUS. BetUS has your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines for the 27th year of live betting. Sign up for BETUS.com with promo code RINK for a 125% sign-up bonus. Again, use promo code RINK for your 125% sign-up bonus. Play with a proven mainstay in the industry, BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. US.com. And we are back with Jets Central Podcast. We're here with the hosts, Alyssa and Daniel. Guys, how's it going? Doing well. Good, how, good. Are how are you? I'm good. So obviously, as you know, we had a really pretty big trade yesterday with Andrew Cobb coming here and Pix and Morgan Barron going to you guys. Uh, I guess every Rangers fan is just wondering, you know, what's with Andrew Cobb? What does he bring to the table for us? Right. So with, uh, so with Andrew Kopp, you're going to get a guy that can play uh, pretty much anywhere in your lineup. There's been seasons where he's played on the first line and fourth line in the same week, pretty much. So he's uh, very versatile. Um, you know, he's, he's very smart, a very smart hockey player. Uh, you know, he can finish. He's very good on the penalty kill. Um, you know, he's where you need him to be. He's very complimentary, which is, I think that's why it's so easy for him to slide up and down the lineup as, as you need him. Um, yeah, he's very smart, very smart guy. You know, he can, he can puck retrieve. He can, he can, has a little bit of finishing talent as well, which is very important. Obviously in in hockey, you want to score goals, um, and stuff like that. So yeah, he's, you got a very good all around player. I think that I think, uh, the Rangers are very lucky to have him for their nice stretch run and, uh, hopefully a good playoff run as well. Perfect. So Alyssa, a question for you. If he's is he a center or is he a winger? Yeah, so um, the natural fit with Andrew Kopp is definitely at center. Um, just the nature of the Winnipeg Jets this year, he's been playing on the wing just because we are quite stacked down the middle. Um, well, stacked in the sense that we have a lot of personnel. He's probably a better fit at center on this team than some of the other players that we have, but they just kind of naturally decided it was a better fit for him to play on the wing this year. But in the limited capacity he's had, um, at center this year and in the past he sh- had some really good showings and I prefer him at center personally I find that he really can help um, sort of mitigate a line if there are some really really offensively talented players he can sort of tone them down a little bit and help with some uh, defensive responsibility even though his defense isn't as strong as it has been in the last couple of seasons he's a pretty like Daniel was saying he's a versatile solid player so he's really good uh, in that sense and I've liked him at center this year perfect so I want to ask also, speaking of his versatility, he plays the penalty kill and does he, did he have power play time over there? Yeah, definitely. So he plays on our second unit. Um, he was doing a little bit of that kind of net front slot shot stuff, but the Jets power play is notoriously kind of slow moving and stagnant and not, not great. So Daniel said that he has some finishing talent. I want to argue with him a little bit on that because that's one of the areas oh, that I think the cop kind of lacks. Um, <laughs> it's not that he doesn't have it, but he just see that like at the worst times, it doesn't seem to be there. Yeah. Um, I find, and that's more of kind of from an irritated fan perspective, but it's like, it's there, whatever, but he doesn't score a lot of the power play from the slot or anything like that where they put him. Um, but I think that 
that's more um, an indication of how weird the Jets power play is as opposed to the player himself. So he does kind of play all situations, which is really nice. So Daniel, you want to follow up on that non-finishing factor? There? <laughs> well, I, you know, she, she is right, but you know, there's been some times where he kind of gets those stone hands going down on a two on one or something where the puck, he just can't put it in the back of the net. And I think that's more where she was going with that, but he can, like, he can put up the goals, you know, I never really, like I say he's versatile and stuff. I never really liked him on the power play as the Jets specifically have many players that I would probably rather on the power play. Um, I'm not exactly sure what the Rangers have going on on their power play right now. I know they have, you know, some very good goal scorers right now this season. So, you know, I, I like them way better as a penalty killer. Um, Liss is also right with his defense kind of falling off a little bit. That could also be a product of our team and our systems as well. Um, so stuff like that. I mean, he can score, you know, he's just, you, you might miss an open net here and there or a, or a good chance here and there as well. Oh, um, so it, it, it's, he's not, why, he's um, not an elite. Yeah. He's not right. an elite finisher. He's just, uh, you know, he can, he does know where the net is. Okay. <laughs> Do you know anything about Ryan Strom? Cause there's notorious, like there's famously known he, he can't hit an empty net and we already uh, like, you know, yell at him all the time. I don't know if you saw that famous, that was like classic Ryan Strom. If you ever saw Ryan Strom in the shootout, like he had an open net or something like that. If you ever saw, he basically, okay. he, he fooled out the goalie wide open net to win the game and he just shot it through the crease. And everyone was nice. Like, no one was even upset. Everyone was just laughing because <laughs> we, this is classic Ryan Strom. So it's just funny to hear that. Like, okay, we might have a second guy. I saw a few of his highlights last night. Now I know highlights don't tell the whole story since they're only like a, uh, so much of them, but like, he looked like, you know, he does have a bit of hands. He has a bit of skill. It's nice to have that type of guy on the third line, especially come playoff time. Yeah. Um, it's also, what's it called? Because we actually had third lines uh, prior to Kako getting injured where they were good at puck possession and stuff, but it's just, they could not finish for their lives. Uh, we had in the beginning of the season, Loth, Hedo and Boy, which literally could not finish. I, I don't know how, just, <laughs> defied all laws of physics and then after that we had La Pito or Kudrow something basically there was always a problem with the third line do you see Kopp being able to finally solidify that problem for the Rangers because the Rangers top six is totally fine once Kako comes back but their third line has been so like it's been so off that it's actually taken a bit of wear and tear on the top players yeah, I would say absolutely. Uh, Andrew Kopp is almost an ideal third line player for a team that's looking to make a bit of a playoff push just because we talked a little bit about his finishing, but his offensive play driving when playing with players like people like Laugh or even with Hedl, I don't know what the situation would be there with their lineup exactly, but I believe that there's definitely some potential for him to be able to set them up and, you know, help create that offensive possession and give that extra zone time that they might need uh, just to generate a little bit of the offense. So I think that he is, if your team is looking to, you know, they have a stack top six, whatever, and they're looking to shore up their bottom or their third uh, line, pardon me, um, with a little bit of a scoring touch as well as some defensive responsibility and checking and whatnot, perfect guy for that. Perfect. Yeah. So obviously, yeah, we, we've had a serious problem with that. Um, so yeah, the, with Lafreniere's emergence uh, and going to the top line, we were probably theorizing, I was speaking to a few people theorizing of him, uh, possibly Filipino and either once Kako's healthy, Petrano on that line or one of Goudreau, 
or, you know, et cetera, one of those depth guys. Um, speaking of which, does he have, like, if there's one aspect to his play where you would say would be this is what defines him, like either a shot, either a defensive play or passing, what, what, what's one that would basically define his pre- presence on the ice? Um, I would say his, like, ability like let's just mention it as well i think his ability to create um just a little bit extra zone time whether it's retrieving an extra puck um maybe making that a taking or making a turnover in the offense like in the offensive zone to keep the possession going uh something like that um that's probably what i think of when i think of cop um and me from the past would say his his penalty killing um that's kind of fallen off a little bit. I think I don't necessarily know if I have anything to back that up with, but the Jets yeah, penalty kill have, has, has been pretty bad. But uh, I have some old uh, Jay Fresh and stuff pulled up, and it's so funny. Like his defense just off a clip, which yeah. is so funny. Um, I am a firm believer in evaluating players at five on five, which is why the first thing I would say is individual penalty killing. Um, I, I'm also a firm believer that penalty killing is usually more an indictment of a system than a player himself. Yeah. Um, but people like Derek Corbett, we've had in the past good individual penalty killer, but results differ when the system is poor. So Andrew Kopp, if I don't know how the Rangers penalty kill works, um, but that would be one thing that would be big for me. But again, like I said, more of a five on five guy myself. So I would say probably his four check actually. And just kind of that added, like Daniel was saying, kind of building on a little bit of that pressure in the offensive zone and being able to create um, not just the possession, but some actual chances as well. Um, kind of regardless of the line mates, because if he's playing lower in the lineup with some four, poor dare I say um line mates he's usually also probably playing against poor competition and he's able to create a lot there so I would agree with Daniel on that so a lot of the Rangers have a problem uh with shooting first mentality because they're like if there's an open net they'll they'll manage they'll manage to pass it up they'll manage to pass it up somehow sorry I thought you were saying that they always shoot first. I'm like, oh, perfect, because our team, no shooting. They don't shoot. Uh, it's very much a pass. No, first, no, but, no. So, so you got another one of those. Serious problem with that. Um, I mean, with guys in your lineup, ha- ha- Kyle Connor, guys like that, you have a problem with the shoot first mentality? They overpass. Mark Shifley, Kyle Connor, oh. Blake Wheeler, overpassing every time. Nikolai Isn't Ehlers, Kyle Connor to having death, a overpass. shot? What the heck's he doing? Yep. He's got 39 <laughs> goals this year, but he doesn't shoot. I don't know. He what does shoot, heck? but yeah, he'll, he'll definitely look to make that extra play and that extra pass to make it for a, either spectacular play or something like that. That's Oh, that must be so you, frustrating. From a usually like only on an odd man rush. Like I, yeah. I find that if it's like if they're already in the offensive zone, like they shoot pretty well, but an odd man rush or just gaining the zone, they, they pass it way too much and Mark Shifley is a very very good shooter as well he only shoots properly on the power play because otherwise he's always looking to dipsy doodle pass it around and it's quite frustrating <laughs> yeah 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 no I yeah, guess all hockey the... players are like that then I don't know what <laughs> no I, I guess unless it's like Colorado or something and yeah even if they pass it so much somehow it'll find the back of the net somewhere so yeah. far. the Rangers are that type of team meaning if they have a three on oh somehow they'll pass it into the goalie instead of shoot it and <laughs> that's kind of basically what's happening we also, speaking of like, you know, the Kyle Connor, we actually had a problem with Panarin this year is that he's doing much better now, but early in the year he passed everything and he had a good shot. He has a good shot. Oh yeah. So it's like, I'm like, what the hell are you doing? You have an open shot. Don't pass it to Dryden Hunt. What the heck's he going to do with it? He, he probably has never seen a puck in his life. So, <laughs> I, 
So obviously with cop coming in, you guys saved us from the Greg McKegg experience. So I got to, I got to, I got to thank you for that because we've been, there's been talks of a riot heading to MSG for that one. I, I could only imagine Gallant's face right now, knowing that he has no excuse to put Greg McCraig in the lineup. anymore. <laughs> so, yeah. I was chatting with one of my Rangers friends and I was like, yeah, like he was asking me about cop and I was like, like, I'm sure it'll be probably an upgrade on McKeg. He's like, I'm pretty sure I'm an upgrade on McKeg at this point. So. <laughs> I put my grandma on the ice. That's an upgrade yeah, on McKeg. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so were there any talks or resigning talks with Winnipeg or and Cobb. I'm just curious for that because Drury mentioned in his thing, in his interview that you know it is it is you know a possibility him getting resigned. He didn't say it in that wording. I don't want anyone you know take it like that, but it sounded from what he was saying, you know, this might not just be a rental. So I was just curious to hear what yeah. you guys were hearing for with on the right. Jets side before he was traded. So yeah, on, the Jets uh, are a big. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh. Oh, I was I was just gonna say on uh, Sunday night or maybe even Monday morning, um, there was a report. I cannot remember for the life of me who put it out, but the Jets offered Cop. I think it was five years, four million per. Um, mm. at some point in the season, um, it was very vague. The Jets, I know exactly what Alyssa is gonna say. The Jets don't really talk about much, um, publicly, so. That's about all we got from that. And there was a little rumor. I don't know if it was uh, Elliot Friedman earlier in the season uh, that Cop was looking more in that five by five range um, as an extension. So I might there was. Be wrong. Sorry, but I think that five by four chat was before he signed his one year this year because he oh, was, was on a one year okay. deal right now. I think it was yeah. last. Um, so then they gave him this one instead because he didn't want that. Um, But the Jets are a very loyal organization and they try and sign UFAs during the year if they're planning on keeping them. So the fact that he was actually traded and not kept as a self rental or extended during the year makes you think that he's not coming back. And that, and henceforth that there are options for the Rangers to extend him or re-sign him. Well, was the reason that he didn't want to sign with the Jets or was that too little money for him? The cap, the Jets cap essentially is. It's definitely the yeah. money. He he liked it here. He was very close with a lot of the guys here. He's very, he's part. I don't know. We hear a lot about the Jets dressing room and how there's, you know, whatever. Don't need to get into that. But he is a very, very instrumental part. He's very close with all the big locker room guys and all that kind of stuff. So I think they had yeah. a bit of a, and like, for example, when we traded for Mason Appleton the night before the deadline, Andrew Kopp was the first one to call him and tell him, you're coming back, buddy, like whatever, um, which is... As Kopp, yeah, that's yeah, I guess, bag but... <laughs> as he's packing his bags, yeah, yeah. Well, hey, Literally, he's here with so. Truba, so... Yeah, yes. well, exactly, and their buddies, and Truba used to be tight with, you know, Shifley and all them and stuff. Um, but yeah, him and him and Truba are quite close, I know, so that's that'll be nice for him. I can't imagine, I, I, I can't tell you how much of a smack to the face it is seeing Neil Pionk the way he's... I mean, I don't know how he is exactly this, but like... Everyone knew Lindy Ruff destroyed him here. So the minute he went to you guys, I'm like, yeah, we're, yeah, this is going to, I mean, listen, I love Drew and everything. It's just, it's funny that Neil Pionk, who is analytically the worst defender with us in the whole NHL, just to you guys, he's like, okay, now he's like, you know, a 40 point getter, solid defense, you know, yeah. no biggie. <laughs> um, so now that obviously it's, it was actually weird hearing that because I, I was always under the assumption, you know, maybe we could resign him. But he was asking for like more than four, five million, uh, more than four million. You know, it actually might be a problem with us. I don't know if you're very familiar with the Rangers cap, but 
they have a they have a serious problem next year because they have Adam Fox's extension hitting, Zabanjad's extension hitting. Uh, they Kaka will be pennies um, for like theorizing two point five million. They're gonna have Cat to get a new second line center, but you guys don't see Cat being able to do that, or you just think you know he's a third, he's a amazing third line player, and that's it. Yeah, I would I say. I mean, yeah, it's a tough, tough question. Like, obviously, if the Rangers somehow get Kane in the offseason, I don't care if you put Greg McKagan in the second line center. Like, they're going to somehow be good. But, like, it's, if you... It's, yeah, yeah, it's more dependent on who he plays with. Um, he can't carry a second line. You can't expect him to do that. Um, but if he's playing on the second line with... I can't really think of anyone off the top of my head. Alec Lafreniere, if he kind of figures himself out a little bit, even Kako or like a Kreider, Panarin, any of those guys, any of that combination, if you guys are running more like an AB as opposed to a one, two sort of thing, I mm-hmm. uh, definitely possible to have a competitive team with him as your second line center. It just more depends on who he's playing with. Got it. Yeah. Like if you have yeah. like, obviously you have Panarin and Kidding in line, you know, you don't really care who's with them, but if you have Panarin and a guy like, you know, hopefully Kako merges, but still like, you know, it's a little bit, you know, it's not uh Yeah. So when cops coming, like say down the rush or something, like does he create the play or does he, is he the guy that takes the pass and shoots? Like what's his real, I know that's kind of a really broad question because there's so many examples, but like, is he one of those guys that will just shoot everything or is he a guy that, you know, makes the play for the other guys? He's going to pass it off. I think most of the time, Mm -hmm. um, and he's a, you know, like I, like I said, he's very complimentary, which would indicate that he is a good assist kind of man. Um, and he does make good pass. Like, you know, all, I mean, most NHLers do make good passes, you know, there, but he's a very smart player. He's got that like hockey IQ. Um, right. So I think that, you know, you hear that all the time about hockey players, you know, they're like, yeah, like he's so smart, you know, he's got that hockey IQ, but I think cop is one of those guys that actually, has a high IQ, a high high hockey IQ compared to, you know, I'm not going to name names, but, you know, sometimes they say that and you're like, does he really have that? Right. Um, I do believe Andrew Kopp does have that, like that extra level of thinking um, in developing plays and, and, and so on and so forth. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, it's the kind of thing, like, I always laugh when you're watching the draft and stuff and they're like, oh yeah, like high hockey IQ. I'm like, just once, I beg you to say, he's dumb as rocks on the ice. Like it's just, it's so funny to me that they always think, but for someone like cop, I honestly find that it's actually worth mentioning. And I hate the term hockey IQ. And, but I like genuinely he'll make the right play most of the time coming in off the rush kind of thing. Like, you know, there are always going to be factors that will factor into it, not ending up in a goal, you know, nice save, poor shot, pass gets intercepted by a weird stick, things like that. Um, but most of the time I'd say he makes the right play. So I don't want to say he necessarily passes or shoots, but he's usually pretty good in that, those kinds of situations. Like you mentioned, you guys have a problem in Winnipeg where you guys just pass till they manage to, you know, take away the puck that no one shoots. <laughs> was he part of that problem or was he, is he a guy that if he actually is meant to shoot, he's going to shoot. He'll shoot it if he needs to. I think, I, uh-huh. I think I, it's tough to say. I mean, there's so many, so many plays to think back on and you're like well was he actually supposed to shoot there like you know what's the thing but I think he's he's definitely like he's smart enough that he knows to take the shot when when he needs to or when it's the right time you know 
And I always wonder with guys like him who are, you know, not clear cut first line guys and stuff. Like he's played with Mark Shifley quite a bit. He's played with Nikolai Ehlers. He's played with Paul Stastny, whatever. And you always wonder too, with some of those guys, if they feel that they need to pass because, you know, Mark Shifley is a better shooter than Andrew Kopp. And that's not a secret to either of those guys. So I don't know if it's really like, if it's dependent on who he's playing with. I feel like I say that a lot when it comes to him, just because he's so versatile and he does really adjust his game um, in small ways to kind of complement the people that he's playing with. Um, but I would say like, generally speaking, he's not the shooter. Um, but when he's with playing with, you know, Adam Lowry, he often will be the shooter and often should be the shooter. Just given the situation <laughs> that he's in. Does it depend on if he's this, like if he's the center, obviously centers are more of a playmaker, does he change his style a bit if he's center rather than wing? If you wing, he shoots more or center, he play makes more, or is it just really the same player in both positions? Uh, I don't think I can I answer mean, that in full confidence, to be honest with you, because it's been so uh, limited, his sample at center this year. So I, I, I feel like it's pretty standard no matter what, but the Jets are pretty, like, they, they don't play a first forward back type thing. Like it's usually kind of the center plays more defense and does a little bit more of the puck carrying and stuff, depending on the situation. So I, Daniel, do you have kind of more insight on that? Cause I, I can't answer that in good confidence. <laughs> yeah. I'm, you know what? That's one thing that I'm not good at is the systems and stuff, but mm-hmm. like the jets do play, like, like Liz said, like kind of a first forward back kind of, or center, sorry, center plays a little more defense and stuff like that. Um, I do think, uh, like, he played center last game. I think he had some, like, three, four assists or something like that on, on the yeah, last game. Yeah, I think he had three he assists played. last game. Yeah, so, you know, he, yeah, he, and he did create a few. Yeah, he was playing with Jansen Harkins, I'm pretty sure. So. And, yeah, he was playing with Jansen Harkins, who's a fourth-line uh, fringe player, in my opinion, anyway. And I'm sure this I'm getting the opinion that that's your. I'm getting the uh, feeling that's your version of a Greg McKegg. Uh, I think he's a little bit better than McKeg, but uh, yeah, okay. we'll, go, we'll go down that route. Um, <laughs> Maybe on a good day. Maybe <laughs> on, on a, a good day. Uh, on a good day. We definitely have a few guys I'd rather see instead of uh, Jansen Harkins. Um, but he was playing, you know, with not the ideal. And that was the third line the other day, just a couple injuries and so on. And a little COVID, uh, COVID situation uh, with one with Adam Lowry. Um, but he, you know what, he did make a few plays as center, you know, where he um, I can't, I can't really remember the goals. Like sometimes, you know, um, when you're watching hockey there, uh, the play is so long that you don't even know who's playing center, who's playing wing, you know, especially when you get that extended ozone time, because no one has to cover anything, right? Like it's just all like a flowing thing. And I think mm-hmm. one of the goals at least was something like that, where they were all just flowing around and doing, you know, just be trying to find the space and stuff to create, to create those chances. Um, so I think, I like we have both said, I think you'd rather cop as your center, just just based on the fact that he's kind of he's got that more of an all rounded game as well, which is important for a center. So I kinda right. kinda leave it at that. I can't really say if he's passing or shooting, you know, tough, 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 he tough. He had judgments. a gorgeous pass last game. It was like a bit of a cross crease from the goal line type thing. I want to say it was one of Harkin's goals, but I don't remember. Oh yeah, it was yeah, it was, yes, it was, yeah, it was yeah. really lovely. Um, and yeah, he'll do that. Like definitely it's possible, but, um, yeah, no, hundred percent. Just thought I'd mention that one. Cause I was trying to think, I was like, Oh, I actually can't think of one specific cop assist from last game. So yeah, it was so, nice so the, sure. so I'm going to use a, uh, use something that I use every once in a while. Cause it bugs, bugs everybody, but uh, the Rangers should keep their sticks on the ice when yes. uh, cops, when cops around, cause he, okay. he'll definitely try to find your tape. 
So how I think a lot of us are trying to figure out how's his skating because we don't have a lot of fast players. And even if he's not like skating's part of it, how's his like we us Ranger, like we have a, the Rangers have a system of a dump and chase. How is he with those type of situations? Yeah, that's something that organization seven years. He's been playing dump and chase then for seven years. Yeah. yeah, Oh yeah. He'll get there and he'll get to that corner first sometimes too. Uh I would say like his straight line speed is not like outstanding. Like I would say it's pretty average, but it's not like the kind of thing where it's like, Oh, if you're listing deficiencies, you'd be like skating is number one sort of thing. Like I wouldn't say it's like notably bad. It's again, just like him. It's, slightly above average like just kind of like everything like, <laughs> he's pretty he could get in the nitty-gritty in the corners and like again we were talking about how he's an intelligent player so it's like um you know when it comes to puck battles people are always like oh this little defenseman is weak whatever it's like okay but is he strategic with the way that he's playing the puck on the wall because if that's the case then he'll be able to retrieve it way better than someone who's just trying to muscle the other guy um right. and cop is definitely like he's able to take the muscle if he needs to but he has more strategic kind of dump and, sh- and dump and chase strategies pardon me um as opposed to some other people on our team that I find just kind of go into the boards and poke around and hope for the best, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, well, obviously you've just noted on, uh, that was one follow-up question. How is his physicality? Is he one of those big guys that just does not use the body or is he actually a guy that uses it to the fullest extent? I wouldn't say he's going to have like 300 hits in a season or something like that. I don't, I personally don't value that too much. Um, but he does like he he's not I I don't even know how tall he is to be quite honest. Um, pretty tall now. Six, six one or six two. I I'm not I'm not exactly sure. Um, so you know about the average size NHLer I guess is that that seems about right. So you know he'll get in there. Um, he's I I know I said it right at the start, but he's gonna win. Like he's gonna win the puck battles and the puck retrievals a lot, which like Liz just mentioned, you know is is not so it's not always based on the size but how how you're able to get the puck um whether it's doing a little dip poke and then kicking it back with your skate or something like that right so right it's like he'll get he'll he's not going to be in your face kind of physical i guess is the way to answer that mm-hmm but yeah, like, like we said, like, again, I'm like, I'm not, I don't care about hitting that much as an individual personally when I'm yeah. evaluating players, because I always say this, everyone finish a sentence. If you're hitting a guy, it means your team doesn't have the puck. So I don't exactly. put a lot of stock into that. Um, but when it comes to him, like, he's the kind of guy who's not gonna, you know, there's those classic videos of Ben Chirot finishing his check two seconds after the puck is gone and the puck and he takes himself out of the play just to finish the check. Like Andrew Kopp's not going to do that. So that might result in less hits I would say he's probably a more strategic hitter than anything else but it's not something like noticeable about him it's like oh my god this guy never uses his body or oh my god would you stop hitting people like again (laughs) super average I feel like I'm giving you nothing here but it's just like it's pretty (laughs) consistent across the board like a very regular uh physical guy but not like doesn't shy away I wouldn't say necessarily from from those kinds of plays yeah he's not going to be turning around and running away from contact either like he if if it's there and needs to be done he'll he'll do it right he'll make the hit or he'll pin them on the boards or whatever uh, the situation calls for but he's not going to be laying guys out in the open ice very often I don't think either yeah I'm just looking here he's got it looks like he has 35 hits this year so that's like he's averaging 0.5 hits per game kind of thing yeah not not a big hitting guy but he's got an 8.6 shooting percentage so that that's rough (laughs) 
So we'll he set up which, a little bit and he'll be nice. Does he have like a good shot? Is it accurate? Is it fast, hard? What what is it? His shot, I, I, there's nothing special. Like he doesn't have like you know you just a regular you average NHL shot. Yeah, like you know you look at some guys that have that quick snap. Uh, he doesn't. He he won't have that. Uh, he's got the he's got the shot for a guy that is a middle six forward. Essentially, that's not an elite finisher. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen his backhand look pretty good in a few goals, though. I mean, I saw, I think, one of the highlights I saw, he just came to the front of Edmonton goal, just rifed one backhander. I mean, I wish one of our Rangers players could do that. <laughs> They're just going to pass make, across crease. Yeah, he's made, you know, and, and that's one thing. He has made, like, he's kind of a guy where he won't always make a spectacular play, but when he does, it's like, wow. Like, he'll do, like, a... a a left, right, pull the goalie and then roof it backhand or something like that. And you're like, wow, like that was cop that did that, right? Like you don't always expect it from him, but he definitely has the hands to be able mm-hmm. to do that. And is he like, he, but he, he's not afraid to go in front of the net, right? Like he, he'll oh, go no, there every be. single time yeah. of the day. The Jets are yeah. pretty bad at um, creating net front traffic, generally speaking, at five on five, um, which is not his fault. But I would say that he's pretty, like he's got a couple of deflection goals and a couple of drawn a couple of penalties from getting cross checked in front of the net and kind of that kind of stuff. So again, if that's the situation that he's put in, he will be effective um, as that kind of forward who is in that role. Mm-hmm. How is he with so with deflections? He's like he has pretty good hand eye, or that's not his forte. Yeah, I'd say he's probably pretty good at deflecting the shots. And that's why probably part of the reason why we had him in that slot area, um, that net front on the uh, on the power play on our second unit this year, because you get those uh, those perimeter shots or those point shots, right? You want to tip it, right? So you put a guy that's either, you know, is he, he is pretty sturdy, like a sturdy guy on the skates, right? So you want that guy in front of the net and he's definitely able mm-hmm. to tip, to get a tip down or to get that rebound as well. Were you guys, what was your reaction to the trade? Were you happy, upset? Uh, not just like, you know, losing that player stuff, but the value, the what you got back. Yeah, so it was kind of funny when the trade broke. We were doing a live on uh, Twitter spaces and we were waiting all day because we knew, like we, we accepted, we knew Cop was getting traded weeks ago, essentially. Maybe not weeks ago, but yeah. Uh, so we were waiting all day and it was probably half an hour before the deadline, I think, the trade finally uh, was announced by some insider. I can't remember who broke it first, probably Darren Drager. Um, and there was no return. Like all he said is cop to New York. It Rangers. took an hour. Yeah. So we're, uh, so, so we're sitting there in our spaces, our, <laughs> rolling on our third hour of, uh, of being live, live streaming. And we're refreshing the, the feed. We got people coming in, you know, doing like saying, yeah, I think it's, I think it's going to be uh this and someone said it's going to be this. Someone said it was going to be uh, what's his name there, the defenseman uh, Hayek. Yeah, oh, no, we, no, that was a troll. That was a troll job, I think, at that point. But people theorized rough... it was Robertson. People theorized yeah, that... that it was going to be Robertson. Yeah, that's who. Um, I and then we said no because we are not trading for a left-handed defenseman. Absolutely, yes, no way. Right. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of left-handed defensemen. Um, but our react, like my reaction, we had heard that there was two second-round picks uh, that were tabled. So that's kind of what we were, that's what we were going for. And I, I know one's conditional to potentially become a first rounder uh, if Cop plays a bunch of games, which I'm sure he will. And if they make it, if the Rangers make it to the third round, so that's good. But 
the return is kind of what we were expecting. You know, you always hope for a little bit more, but I don't think I am necessarily disappointed, especially we got, you know, uh, 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 what's, what's the guy's name? Ballard. Baron. The Baron. Yeah. Baron. Um, you got You got you a know, solid player in that guy. Yeah. So I, I've heard, uh, I heard a rave review from, uh, one of our, uh, uh, former local, uh, beat writers here, Patrick Williams said the coaches out in uh, Hartford really, really liked them. So that's you guys kinda, got a good player. You guys are going to yeah. really, really like him. So him being, you know, especially our, uh, the moose right now are making a nice, nice season. And uh, hopefully I, I understand that this guy's been a very good AHL player. So they'll kind of need as many bodies as they can get for the, for the AHL playoffs coming up. So a little bit excited for that. Um, yeah, but the return overall is kind of what we expected. Yeah. It's theorized that, uh, he hold, like the top, the best thing he could become is a third line center. He's great at face offs, by the way, not afraid to, you know, get in the dirty areas, you know? Yeah. You, you guys are definitely getting a good player there. Um, Alyssa, what about you? You, you were happy with the return? Yeah. Like I, again, like it can be my favorite player in the world, but if someone's on an expiring deal and you're not in the playoffs, you can't not trade them. Like it's ridiculous right. not to, unless you're going to extend them before the deadline. Um, so in tell that, that sense, I was more than happy. Pardon me. Tell, tell that to Dallas about Klingberg. Yeah, I don't no know kidding. what they're doing. <laughs> I, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was unsure um, of what the return was going to be historically, personally on an emotional level. I have had great luck with getting draft picks traded to the jets from the Rangers because that's how we got Bailey Hanola with the team because getting that pick back. So I'm feeling great about these second round picks. <laughs> it's um, good vibes, and I was yeah. chatting with, yeah, good vibes um, with one of my Rangers friends and Morgan Baird's not too bad, uh, which is good. Didn't want to get a left-handed defenseman. So that's why I was happy that we didn't um, get one of those. And as far as kind of like, this is a guy that either we were going to get 20 more games of and lose forever, or you lose 20 games of him in a season where you aren't going to make the playoffs or are going to get swept by Colorado in the first round. Um, and you get a couple lottery picks and someone who could be a decent third line, fourth line center for your team out of it. So all in all happy with it. Wish they would have traded him a few hours earlier because someone like Lekkinen who went to the Colorado avalanche got a way better return in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, not way better, but like marginally. And I think um, cop could have gotten something similar if they hadn't held out as long, but obviously you never know the specifics. Well, both um, but that would kind of be, Yes, no kidding. I wanted the other Baron fun. Um, but um, yeah, so just like all in all kind of a neutral feeling about it. Like we are going to miss him in different ways. And I think um, we'll notice that probably starting as early as tonight when they play against Vegas, there are going to be some times where it's like, wow, like on the penalty kill, they might throw someone else out on there um, and they might be terrible and things like that. So it'll be interesting to see, but all in all could have been a much worse return. Um, we could have gotten a conditional seventh like we got for Nathan Bully. <laughs> so it's okay. We should have paid which will be, him. So. Which will be the second last pick in the draft because Pittsburgh's got to make it all the way to the final. But Exactly. <laughs> yeah, funny, no, I'm not, uh, not too worried about it. So you know what? we're looking yeah, forward for one single one pick. single puck out of the bag. One single puck out of a bag of pucks for Nate Bolu yesterday. It's okay. Oh, yeah. You guys Basically gave him, right? Yeah, yeah, he's gone. Thank you. Oh, yeah, yeah. You You guys are helping us in (laughs) the playoffs with that one. To Pittsburgh, yeah. That was a strategic move by Chevy to get that second round conditional pick into a first round. That's smart. (laughs) That is genius. Uh, (laughs) If that is, that's like maybe he had that that on the Sunday night. (laughs) He's just like, screw you. (laughs) (laughs) I I was so upset when, like, at the last second, Raquel went to Pittsburgh because after they got Bellew, I'm like, oh my gosh. 
just this straight alone, the Rangers might win that series. And then they got mm-hmm. Raquel. I'm like, God damn it, man. This guy's going to get a hat trick on us every single game in the. In the uh, yeah. That well, I can tell you, you a series on with a dime. Your, uh, I, with yeah. your Vesna winning goalie hey, I, there, I, I you kept have on, a very I good asked, chance. I asked 100 people, like so many people, do you really think a team, how many teams in the NHL do you really think could beat Igor Shesterkin four out of seven games? Not, exactly. not that many. Not that many. It's, yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's when you really think about pretty it, wacko. Yeah. If Vasilevsky wasn't Vasilevsky, as good as Tampa Bay is, Breezeboy did everything that he needed to do. If Vasilevsky wasn't Vasilevsky, no cups. It yeah. is what it is. So speaking about that uh, electing trend and all that, I actually, I tweeted this out earlier that day. Uh, I got a tip early that morning that Colorado would be the reason why uh, the Rangers would not get caught um, because they were very ended on him. And I was very upset about that because I was so, you know, Andrew Cobb might be a possibility. And then he said, yeah, no, uh, if Colorado wants him, uh, they're getting him. Yeah, you're, you're screwed. So once I saw Lecton and go to Colorado, I'm like, yeah, yeah he's going to Rangers. He, I text him right away that there was also another team, I believe Boston, they were yeah. very interested in him, but it just seemed to yeah. be that, as long as Colorado didn't up their offer a little, the Rangers were going to get him. That was just the vibe that I got. Um, I'm pretty sure Boston Bruins fans, and listen, I want to chat with a few of them. They're not obviously very happy about this uh, trade deadline. I don't know what their – maybe their GM fell asleep during it. I, I really don't know. Been um, there, done that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As a Jets fan, yeah. I mean, you know, what, what's the status of your team? Are you guys – are you guys – going to start rebuilding what are you guys doing over there are you guys gonna just rebuild on the fly i i can't i can't make sense out of your team like there's some teams like okay i know they're rebuilding okay i know they're you know try, trying to trend in the right direction what in the world are you guys doing like are you which way are you going yeah um you don't know. that's, that's <laughs> no the question <laughs> that's the question and that's the answer is yes um (laughs) don't you never know with this team what you're gonna get each uh each offseason like last offseason they acquired the two defensemen that Nate Schmidt and Brendan Dillon and we thought okay well they're buying something you know maybe trying to make a run and that hasn't worked out so well but Mm. that offseason those two trades were probably our most significant offseason moves really since the Jets have returned to Winnipeg um I'm trying to think of anything that significant of making two deals for nhl roster players um can't think of a, a time that happens so yeah so they you know i it's gonna be a interesting off season coming up here as we wrap it up uh 20 19 20 games left you know we'll make right. that playoff playoff push push as we're a <laughs> uh, couple a couple points out a uh, couple games not in hand uh see where that goes there's some serious decisions that's got to be made this uh off season um with regarding uh mark shifley uh pld is due for a, a new deal uh hellebuck you know do you trade him now try to recoup something or do you just retool um, by trading a guy like shifley for two roster players or something like that right so actually that's um, funny you mentioned that uh last question because before we go um there's a lot of theorized that there, I mean, based off what I've heard also, it sounds like Drury, there, there, there wasn't a good center market this year for a second line center. Uh, hurdle off the market, Drew nicks to trade here and to Boston, um, which is very disappointing. But mm-hmm. basically, it seems like Drury's going to make that big, you know, splash in the offseason because last year, Ico Buffalo wasn't a fan of sending him here. Do you guys believe Shifley could be on the move in the offseason? Because he has, what, a $6.5 million roughly 
So it kind of actually fits perfectly with the Rangers because the minute I, I know Ava's going to kill me for this. Uh, I, I, Alyssa, I know you know her, <laughs> but I, I, Ava's going to kill me for asking this because I know in two years when his contract is up, Truba's no trade clause becomes a modified no trade clause. If you trade that out, that's $8 million off the books. You use $2 million in that to add to Shifley's contract for an $8.5 million contract. You got $6 million to play with. And that's not including the getting rid of Nemeth and getting rid of Georgiev. Yeah, right. And as well as Hedl. So is it a possibility on the... And obviously, it takes two to tango. So do you see the Jets possibly trading him? No. <laughs> Um, oh, I, I, I want to trade Mark Shifley very much. Um, he was my first favorite hockey player, um, when the Jets came back and all this good stuff, whatever, but from a business move, uh, perspective, he's, you got, you got to do it. Just it, it's, this is a really long, like we could talk about this for literally hours. Mark Shifley is probably one of the hockey players that I could speak about for days on end and <laughs> Daniel can agree <laughs> and so can the rest of yeah. our team. Um, but just kind of the long, the short of it is probably not because they've kind of, set it up that he's going to become the next captain of the Winnipeg Jets and they're loyal almost to a fault a lot of the time. And, you know, he was their first draft pick. He's their first line center. Um, <coughs> I'm biased towards Pierre-Luc Dubois. I think he's better. And I think he's the better bet in the long run to invest in, but they're going to mm-hmm. sign Mark Shifley to a like, like a lifetime contract at the end of this one. That being said, I have been chatting with some of my Rangers friends. Um, and one of them is very keen on bringing in Mark Shifley. And we've talked about kind of the fit that would be, it'd be really interesting. And also Ava, close your ears again, but I don't think anyone's touching that Jacob Truba contract unless you're retaining <laughs> some salary because that one's well, a little bit. I know bit... I just lost one, yeah. one listener to, uh, tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> but yeah, I if the ownership takes a little bit of a step back and lets the GM make some hockey moves from a purely hockey perspective instead of getting too personal about it, um, if I'm saying that in the most kind respectful way possible i believe it's possible that he gets traded i just don't think it makes sense with the way that the winnipeg jets usually run their course with their players Got it. and yes or no i know we got to go yes or no daniel do you believe he's getting traded i want i agree with this i want him out not in a bad way like i don't want him out in a bad way but it's the right thing to do is to trade him but i do not think that will happen got it so before we go you guys want to punch in uh your podcast account uh your personal ones whatever you want um yeah all right uh you can follow me at daniel uh wpg 55 i think is the handle i i think that's it. <laughs> i'll take Ooh, the, uh, stand. I'll check it out yeah something like that you could check I'll text it out it on the post yeah yeah and uh Liz will drop the podcast yeah so we're on social media we mostly just use twitter our other socials are kind of chill um but just for some you know live jets updates things like that and just kind of some memes and all that fun stuff because we're we don't take ourselves too seriously over here so um jet centric g-e-t-s-c-e-n-t-r-i-c on twitter um yeah you can find all of our stuff there there are a ton of us we get some interviews with local media kind of create some fun stuff on our own because we kind of have the flexibility of not being associated with the team so we get to do whatever we want, say whatever we want, which is quite fun. So definitely check us out there. And thank you so much for having us on today to, uh, to chat with you about Andrew Kopp. You guys have a good one. And um, we are hoping for the best for the Rangers. They're a pretty likable team. So I'm going to be rooting for them all the way through. Thank you so much for doing this on such a short notice. Uh, hopefully he'll do the best for us. Take care of Morgan Barron, by the way. He's a really, really good player. He's a really good player. Of course.